0: Alicia
1: with the animations happening going on
0: that's pretty good I mean that's pretty that's good little, in, little intro swipes happening mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. today's show is brought to you by Manscaped <laughs> we're doing it right at the top of the show like Joe we're gonna cool. have 25 minutes of commercials 25 uh, minutes of commercials so 20% off go to go to manscape.com TBP and smooth Shave your nuts baby. So, if you notice, you see that it's it's coddling balls, is what that is. There's angel wings there, on there's balls.
1: There's no way that they made that with that not the intention. That's 100% the intention.
0: Yeah. And I can't
1: imagine a world
0: where like they accidentally made that. You know, it's about taking care of your testicles, young men out there and old men. Well, young men mainly. Old men tend to not care. But, uh, Charges wirelessly using magnets, and <laughs> we got a power button Using here. magnets, okay. And uh, using, uh, you know, you got a light yeah. so you can see. That's all it does. It just does the, the hair. hair. See, is that see
1: is that one? Is that the one we're giving away? No, it's not. I haven't touched my body with this one. We're gonna give one of these away to somebody. I don't know how or why, but. We have something to give away, and we'll do that. that. The one that
0: you receive,
1: has I think you a need to be a patron. It. I feel like you need to be a patron. Of course, be, you need to be to, a patron. to, to, be, to be like uh, eligible to to get it. So that's a thing of you need to go course. do. Of course,
0: or or buy our NFT.
1: That oh yeah, I'll buy one of the NFTs that I've made. But we didn't we put it on yet. Find a way to sell
0: them Cause, like, cause because they're all, the...
1: they're all on XAI because it costs forty million dollars to put it on Ethereum right now. Yeah,
0: it's so, like go where the people are. Well, not everyone in Ether is balling out of control. Dude. So it is absurd. Um, I have three
1: NFTs made so far. We'll make another
0: one today. Yeah. This is going to be dope. You know what, what, what? We should try Corey, we were talking about this. Jesse and Alicia. Jesse, your camera is nice, bro. I feel like I, I'm seeing straight in into there. your soul. In there. Mm. So this is going to get replaced. Uh, we didn't even introduce ourselves. Sorry. I'm the host of Talks First. My name is Dimitri.
1: I'm 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 Corey. I talk second. <laughs> uh, my
2: name is Jesse and I'm third. That's right. Uh, I, don't know, like, talk Power I don't know.
1: We'll see. Yeah. Huh? So I sometimes sometimes talk first. Oh. Nifty. Inc. nifty uh, Inc. I kept if, I kept saying kept telling people it's nifty dot
0: art. If you uh look, if I were a Power Ranger, I wouldn't have a choice but to be the black ranger but what would you be jesse i'd be i don't know dude i never
2: watched power rangers he's too young man what? i'm not too young but like i just never
0: watched he's way that. too
1: young he's like 13 years old oh my god <laughs>
0: <laughs> well cory what would you be the green ranger blue ranger i'd go blue blue yeah, I could- you know what i'd take the world flip it on its head i'd be the white ranger I, know. Mm, I agree. He's a good white ranger. I think Wasn't I he like the one that came in extra that used to be bad and then turned good? Absolutely. Came in as the green ranger and the moon queen chick, the crazy lady, Frieza, I think her name is. She was like, hey, I got a power ranger of my own and he's green. And we were, they were like, what the fuck, bro? And so then they started fighting, right? And he kept losing over and over and over again. And then he finally turned into a good green ranger. And they were like, yo, this is dope. And then later on down the line, he was like, hey, I'm not green anymore. I'm the White Ranger, and I don't have a Godzilla. I got a tiger. And that's how that went. That's, that's pretty much how writing goes for Power Rangers.
2: Who's the Gold Ranger? Was that the Green Ranger as well, somehow?
0: Well, see, I think you're getting into different lore. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. and, and straying yeah. away straying away from the canon, my friend. Oh, sorry. So, I <laughs> Sorry. I got chewed out the other day because I was talking about Star Wars and I said main lore. And the guy said, um, I believe the word you're looking for is canon. And I was like, What? Yo, yeah. You, you the fucking right nerd. nerd. That's the right word for it. Yeah. Like, you fucking nerd. Anyways, excuse my language. I too am a nerd. That's why I can say it. What do you want to talk about today? Uh, so we're we're, we're taking yeah. it easy today because
1: Jesse has finally completed his yeah, First studying cat. extravaganza and then it's taking the MCAT and now he has the weight lifted off his shoulders and you can play
0: games and trade like a degenerate. Yeah. Let me just tell you guys what this man's gone through. No video games, no ejaculating. Wow. No caffeine.
3: Oh, but I'm okay. That's not
0: that's not good. No. <laughs> I don't know about that. Know. <laughs> no caffeine. He went straight monk status for a year. You should see what he built just to monitor his scheduling. Like Jesse one, I wish people knew what you went through. We don't even know what you went through. We just kind of asked you about it from time to time. Mm, Yeah. Post pictures. I'm happy that uh, you're at least turning a corner on that, but I feel like this is just the beginning, quite honestly. Yeah. I think, I think it is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I want some of that. I want some of that crazy energy to come towards the podcast and the things that I want, I want to see yeah. full full DJ and Jesse. That's what I want to Full say. DJ and Jesse. Yeah,
0: I don't think the world can handle full DJ and Jesse, bro. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's going to be a sight to behold. It's like Acura. He'll start morphing into this giant amorphous blob monster. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then we're all fucked. Jeez. So oh. uh, uh, anyways, you know, you're talking about. you are talking about NFTs. Cause that's all anyone can ever talk about all of a sudden. So we want to come up with an NFT scheme as a show where like participants watching and listening to the show can create context-based entities about that show and then put them up on a platform. And when they sell money goes to our audience, right. And money goes to the participant. Yeah. I put it in, I put it on a Miro board like three months ago. So, you know, uh, I think we should, Jess. I see what you're talking about there. So, like, you know, like we can build, we can actually start to build this community that we know exists. Like, we got all these people in Slack that talk all the time, and you know, they're hanging out, and then we can like do something that puts money back into the community's coffers and the community members' coffers. Right. So I don't really know how to build that. It'd be dope if it existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, we'll we'll keep thinking about. we'll ruminate, as you say. So yeah, we should talk about it once it's actually going. It's a good call, Jess. Agreed.
4: That's
0: a good call. So, so um, really the main things to talk about in crypto is going to be, of course, NFTs are still blowing up. Non-fungible tokens are blowing up. I think that they forever will. I think it's one of those cats-out-of-the-bag moments for crypto, for human society. Um and as systems like IPFS become more robust and sidecoin side network as these storage decentralized storage systems what is another one storage become more robust and more widely used and easier to use then the idea of digital scarcity can become more and more real maybe i'm maybe i'm jumping to conclusions here i don't know I
2: saw like, uh, I think I saw an article or something, or maybe I was on Alibaba, but somebody's unloading like all of Chia's, like, I guess, used uh, hard drives. So mm-hmm. somebody's selling, somebody's selling like oh, a I saw ton that. of Chia um, hard drives.
1: I don't know where I saw that too. Like someone is basically, I mean, they're selling them as new. Like yeah. They're, they're selling, selling all new. of the used Chia hard drives yeah. as new, like like the yeah. Chia, Chia market's like, I don't know. I guess people are tired of it. I don't I don't know any of the story. Yeah, I don't know either. other than somebody is selling used Chia hard drives as new. Yeah. Alicia put it in random. So good job, Alicia. Alicia I don't know how you That's follow awesome. so much Alicia, but you're a boss. Mm. I I spend all day looking at this stuff and I still don't Chia, when we say Chia, is. Chia hard drive.
5: a project? Are you not are oh, you not aware
1: of what Chia is? Chia is uh is Bittorians. The founder, of BitTorrent. the founder of BitTorrent made a project called Chia, Graham which uses Coen, proof of like, basically Coen. proof of of time and space. Time and space. He uses hard drives, the space on hard drives over a given period of time as the mining mechanism. So you use like an SSD can, like yeah, uh, you use an SSD to provide a proof that you're taking up a specific amount of storage, which is a scarce resource. And that then provides so through some type of, I don't know exactly how the proof works, basically the mechanism for for mining and doing consensus, mm. right? That's your stake, if you will, right? You create these like, things called plots with the SSD or with an
2: NVMe and then you transfer them to a, a hard drive, like a mechanical hard drive. That's what people have been doing. And the, 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 device, the hard drives that are being sold are the mechanical hard drives.
0: Mm. So interesting to me how like, because of cryptography, you can take any number and abstract it into something that like is a parameter of a hash, and then you've got you can make proof. Like I feel like that's what people are doing. They're just like, "Hey, there's a number that computers do. Let's just snag it, create some sort of cryptographic scheme, and we got proof of whatever that is." And then boom. Yeah. Why do you so mostly, depressing? Mostly, mostly garbage. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. People, like people are experimenting. It's like. What happened was, what is happening currently is Bitcoin came onto the scene, introduced a new concept of what it means to take an external scarce resource and then turn it into a digital scarcity that mainly energy, and then using the you know uh, double SHA two fifty six uh, hashing function in mining to then mm. solve the like to solve the mining problem use that as a way of taking energy in a fair way and distributing it into a, a digital scarce resource, right? That's what secures the network is, is, is energy doing mining. And mm. then, so that made the concept. And so now people are like, oh, that's what other scarce external resources exist in the world that we can maybe use to do this type of stuff. Mm. So Chia is an example of trying to use physical hard drive space to do the same thing. Uh, I'm pretty sure Filecoin... Is an alternative way of using of using proofs that require a tremendous amount of physical space to do the same thing. Um, I'm not exactly sure how those two would compare, mm-hmm. but then you have proof of stake, which is like, all right, so like if you if you look at Bitcoin or any 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 proof of work mining uh, operation network, it's it's saying I'm putting up front, I'm staking this much energy that I have per month. Mm -hmm. at the opportunity to win at the chance of of producing a block and then getting rewarded for it. And then the concept of pools came around and said, all right, well, like, that's not... You you don't have a lot of guarantees on whether or not you're going to win. And especially, like, if you have a low percentage of hash power compared to the rest of the network, like, the volatility of you winning and not winning is so high that it's not worth you doing. So it's all come together and we'll join all of our resources, all of our small resources, into one single resource. And if any one of us gets 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 the block, then we distribute the block rewards according to everyone who's contributed to the pool. That's where pools come from, right? Because that tries to like equalize the profitability of of mining relative to your hash power. And so that you're literally putting up stake up front with the chance of getting money, and then pools help facilitate that being smoother than you maybe getting a full block and then never getting anything ever again for, for a proof of work mining. Mm. All right. So now we have that, we have the idea of like external resources coming in, being used to uh, putting up being staked up front out external to the, to the system to get some, to get some rewards. Then proof of stake came along. It's like, all right, let's just use the, the native currency itself. Let's just put the digital scarcity Locked on the blockchain, and then that is now your weight of being a virtual miner. called the validator proof of stake systems to then to then perform consensus in some in some different way, and then that's how the the network goes about figuring out who gets to add shit to the end of the blockchain and whether or not those things are valid. And now everyone is just trying to ex- like explore all the different ways in which you can do distributed consensus in these fair and open ways based on different ways of staking a resource so that you can one decide what's the weight distribution of who gets to have a vote on when these things go through and what happens if you fuck up, you you, you like you cheat the system. So with Bitcoin, like there is no way to punish someone who, who tries to cheat the system because the, the, what you're putting at stake is external to the system. It's energy, but there's an opportunity cost that, if what you do is seen, is seen as invalid in the network, they just ignore it. And so you've wasted all that energy to try to cheat the system. With proof of stake, they can say, oh, I know who you are. I'm taking all your money. Because the, the, what you're putting up at stake is internal to the system. And you're so now really we're just taking a bunch of different things. ways to play with this. What? Really good at explaining things. What I've been doing <laughs> my whole life. <laughs> yeah. And so like when you see all these different projects, there's there's a few things that they're changing, right? And so like for one, like to, as another point here, the blockchain itself, the data structure, the reason why it is the way it is is for two reasons. One, you can see exactly when something's tampered with really, really quickly by only passing around a very small piece of data, which is the hash of the head block, right? Mm-hmm. The, 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 of, the, of the leading block. If that changes and it's different from what, what you're expected to be, you know, something changed in that or anything in the past, Any single bit has changed. One transaction across the entire history has changed Mm. if that thing changes. So that then allows you to do proof of work consensus. And so what you see with all these myriad of different networks across the whole thing of blockchain is iterations on a few different things. One is how can we change that data structure so that it can do a few different things and we're not constrained to how it works? Or... How can we change the like weight distribution of of assets, whether that be like a different external asset, external stake like chia or uh, like different sticks and carrots for the weighting distribution for proof of stake, meaning that like if you cheat, this is how you do it. This is this is what happens or the actual like distributed consensus, which is like this is the process we do to vote on who gets to add stuff to the blockchain and so when you look at a new network, you ask that question, what's, what are they changing? And, and why is it different? And what does it matter? And if it's not much, then yeah, money tree nailed it. It's, if it's not Alicia. much, then it's just it's bullshit. It's, 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 Wait, it's, it's is that Alicia or Ud? What? what? Oh, oh, yeah, okay, it's Alicia. <laughs> Alicia. So if you can't answer that question, that like you're trying to buy something in there, yeah. then you're gambling. At at the very at the very least, you're just throwing money at something and hoping it works. Right now, because of all the hype, it'll probably work. But in the long run, probably not.
0: No. I think I I think I came up with a real quick experiment that could like, you know. (laughs) That's that's fucked up.
2: (laughs) Oh shit. That's
0: fucked up. I came up with a real a pretty quick experiment that kind of can express what you were just talking about, Corey. Thanks. Have a day too, Ken.
1: Have a
2: day, you Ken. You
0: want to take a look? Yeah. What are you Is doing? that Ken Bozak?
1: Yeah, Ken Bozak. Watching what? Show. Okay.
0: Hello. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to set this up. See if I can set this up. So, what up? Are we just I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do a demonstration? <laughs> we should just ask him to come ask him hey, to hop up in here. Ken, are you in the Slack? you're not he's not in the slack anymore but no, can just, just anymore. add a comment on YouTube. here i'll send him a, I'll a I'll send him a link YouTube. i'll send him a link on uh twitter yeah and i'm gonna try to get this set up here
5: in get such on twitter, a way that... all
0: right here we go share
2: share that what are you guys gonna have for lunch
1: it's three something here. It's not lunch. It's
2: okay. dinner. Uh, no, wait, Duh, lunch,
0: lunch, dinner, dinner, one, first dinner.
1: Yeah. That's what it is.
0: Can you guys see that? Yeah. All right, cool. So that all I did in the, is in these cells is put like a random integer between one and I think one trillion. Okay. All right. And so anytime you make any change in the spreadsheet, it's going to change those random numbers. Right. So right you're that's to demonstrate, like, the, yeah. The so I was non- trying to I was trying to demonstrate what Corey <laughs> was talking about. So like anytime you change anything, if I put a one here, it changes those random numbers. Right. If I put a zero here, it's gonna go to ten different random numbers. Right. Anything that I change in this spreadsheet is gonna change these nine different random numbers, and I think it kind of touches on what Corey was talking about. How like. um, You know, that's that's the beauty of hashing. That's the beauty of cryptography is if you make any change to the string, to the numbers, to whatever, you're then totally changing. Um, It can no longer be that same hash. Right. It changes the hash entirely.
1: Yeah. What's important to note there is that it's deterministic, meaning that um, whatever data you feed into it, the resultant hash, those like string of random numbers will always be the same. but the moment you change anything in the input, it changes the resultant hash. And there's no way to guess from what you put into it to what it's going to be. So you can't you can't know beforehand what the output of the function is going to be. But once you do it, it's always the same. It's, it's, it's a one to one mapping.
0: Should we see how deterministic exactly. this is? All right. I just copied those cells. I'm going to delete them and watch the random numbers go back. Let's see if this number stays the same.
5: Okay, yeah.
1: 2690.
0: All right. Moment. Of, is this deterministic? Nope. Oh.
1: That's not deterministic. Interesting.
0: So it's probably taking something like time into, into
1: account. What function so did you use? Pulling in some uh, randomness. Random between. Oh, okay. Yeah, or usually it. that uses system clock. Yeah, system so clock? It's taking in yeah. some form of randomness or additional change outside of what you're doing here to determine what the random is.
0: Hmm. Okay, experiment over. Enough of me being Bill Nye the Science Guy. Enough for that for you guys it's, you know, that is what it is. So, um, why did we even get onto that subject?
3: So we're talking. Know, you about- wanted, you to-
1: wanted to. You talking yeah. about the whole the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. We started. You started talking about. How did I start talking about staking and
2: differences in crypto and different projects? We're talking about blockchains that store nFt data Oh, right? you asked about G like, and what uh, it was yeah,
0: there we go, there and we then
2: go. you start explaining like
1: uh bitcoin's mechanism of proof of work. I think that's hard like, to understand what those differences are if you can't understand like. How proof of
0: work works, and then like I really how stake works. Wish Kim Bozak would hop in here real quick. I feel like we need to have an impromptu catch-up session. Because I it's think it's episode 100. Was it episode 100 that we got the tattoo live? It was episode.
1: Dude 100. has a, dude has this this logo tattooed on his bicep. Oh, I think you say did, butt cheek. We did no his bicep. Like <laughs> right yeah. And we did it live,
0: like he was getting it live on episode 100. That's yeah, That's crazy. Now he's the NFT king. So if anybody wants to know this, you can go Kim Bozak, Google Kim Bozak. I'm a thousand percent sure you'll get exactly the right Kim Bozak. Oh, he's out right now. He can't join. Um, But he pretty much predicted the onslaught of NFTs being popular from since like 2016. He's been on the NFT kick. And he's been selling, buying and selling NFTs, creating NFTs, mostly on, not mostly on wax, but a lot of it on wax. Um, just he's, I, he could be considered easily, arguably the NFT king of crypto, the visible king. The ones that are invisible are probably laundering money. But Ken's his, just, uh, <laughs> his,
1: his Twitter profile is bro, bro, the CEO
0: of NFTs. So see, I mean, it's arguably true. Like, I I don't know a louder voice in crypto that, that said, like, hey, NFTs are the shit. They're going to be the shit. You should buy them. You should hold them. You should love them. Uh, they're going to be interoperable with different NFT platforms, games. I mean, he's just really been all in on NFTs. I'd like and- to talk to him, like,
2: about... Because, like, I've heard from different NFT traders that, oh, like, this this NFT collection that I'm currently trading is like super illiquid. But I wonder if it's a function of the price that it's currently at versus it just not being maybe like a commonly traded NFT. I,
0: I think there's a lot of things to factor in, but I think it's, Oh, I would imagine
1: it's a liquid. Like a lot of things that are like, like the pool of people trading these things, I think is relatively small, especially for some niche collections, right? Like, like a few thousand people, you think? I, I, I would say it's less than that. Less than that. I don't okay. know. That's a good question. Like, we should. I want to bring question. OpenSea on. We should bring OpenSea on. I think they. Oh, be nice. They mentioned wanting to come on. And <laughs> that's, that's probably it would be interesting yeah. because they at least have like a, a like a, a narrow perspective. Matt, a probably broad perspective, of. Yeah how liquid these pools are because they operate probably the largest NFC marketplace in existence. Yeah.
0: Mm. It's, so th- this is the way I've been trying to make sense of it in my head, uh, Jesse, other than batting everything down as money laundering and keeping it moving. Uh, and that is if you would like in collectibles, right? Uh, famous collectibles that you know of, but then just make it global. You're talking about a slightly larger population of people and a way, way, way larger uh, diversity of type of collectibles, right? So, like, you got baseball cards. Cool. But baseball was really only popular in the onset of baseball was really only popular in the States and really only popular to dudes, right? So then you've got, like, and and at that point, baseball cards are only popular to, like, people of a certain age in a certain time period in America. So you take that population, you whittle it way down, right? Now now talk about something that's like a global thing and it's so diverse we could be liking paintings of squiggly lines or paintings of uh fractiles i saw the fractile ones were really nice i was like man that might be fractals 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 sorry I've mixed fractal and tactile fractal could be a thing though. Like a fractile. I artwork. think that's a
1: that's the business name. You just you just made up a business name.
0: Fractile? Yeah. Hey, oh, don't sure. you fucking 100%. steal an NFT this sounds my shit. It's <laughs> my idea. I'm tired of giving ideas out for free. Anyways, fractal, the one that was like fractals of um uh like neon looking um icons. You guys want to Try trading NFTs like live. I mean we can. A lot of people are doing there's one somebody who turned their they went from three ETH to 850 ETH trading NFTs in a Do, month. You know, if,
2: if we tried trading and then tried trading NFTs just, just to like see how difficult or easy it is. Just kind of like.
3: I don't they trade
1: are. live, though. I feel like that's not one of those things you're like, you like buy it and sell it and make money immediately <laughs> within, well, within an hour. I guess we, we'd have to like look at what is the most liquid NFT collection,
2: right? Type. Mm hmm. And then, and then, it, let's say, like you can see how often an NFT gets traded. I think, right?
1: So, yeah, yeah, I think OpenSea has the history of all things that have happened to yeah. that. Thing. So
2: we can look at something that's been traded quite a bit and like buy
1: it. You could probably sort by like previously previously purchased. Yeah, we should try that. I wonder if they're expensive. Kind of curious now. Everything's expensive on on current current gas prices aren't too bad. They're one hundred and sixty one. It looks like for Ethereum. Do you pay the gas prices to transact on OpenSea or do do they like subsidize
2: it? Oh, shit. Okay.
0: Yeah. Oh, more.
1: You pay more because they take a fee. Oh, okay.
2: Trading history. All right. I'm looking, I'm trying to like sort through the history of most frequently traded.
0: I checked out my dog. Oh. So in the, the in, in, in the
1: in the interview, yeah, tell tell them tell them this. I want to hear the story of this. So we uh, the, for this episode, um, I don't know if we have a clip, Alicia, but like we interviewed Ubiquity again. Nathan Wozniak have had them on multiple times. This was their fifth, fifth sixth time. time? Uh, and in the middle of the interview, could you take it away. You can do it.
0: Um, it's a very short story. <laughs> My dog got diarrhea right next to me in the middle of the interview <laughs> and like um my dog has like a little like kennel with a with a nice pillow in there and he was chilling he usually chills and just watches me do human shit while I'm in my office and then out of the blue i just could not breathe because it was like the most potent <laughs> smell i've ever smelled in my life and i looked over and he was looking at me like bro i am so sorry i don't know what it is Must have been the popcorn you gave me, but, oh, God. And there was just shit everywhere, and it was embarrassing. You held it together. You held it together quite nicely for the interview. I was. Nobody knew what I was going through except for me. And, like, eventually I just couldn't take it anymore. I was like, I've got to take care of this. This is so bad. But, you know, my hat's off to everyone for being real professional about it. I was like, oh, I got to take care of this shit, literally. But, yeah, that's behind the scenes. That's what happens in podcasting, baby, for all you people trying to get dirt, up here. The dirty back end. Yeah, we got to try to get in this podcasting game. You got to juggle some shit sometimes, you know. Uh, so, anyways. <laughs> hey, what's up, everyone? Uh, is, is it a commercial? You. Do you like chips? Like, do you really like chips Where to the point where you're eating chips so much that you... Look around and there's crumbs and you're like, who put those crumbs there? Did I put those crumbs there? And I'm and I'm here to tell you, yes, yes, you did, because you like chips. And if you like Cheetos, especially flaming hot Cheetos, then you should tell people to subscribe to this channel, the Bitcoin podcast, because one out of a thousand, that's right. When we get a thousand subscribers, one of them is going to get a hundred bags of Cheetos, flaming hot Cheetos, baby. Think to yourself, how, how many Cheetos is that? And I'm here to tell you, it's like a million calories. If you ate it all, you would most definitely not be healthy. But we're going to send them to you because Flamin' Hot Cheetos are amazing. So that's right. Share this around. Get us to 1,000 subscribers. We'd like to have 1,000 subscribers because if we had 1,000 subscribers, that means one of those 1,000 subscribers is getting 100 bags of Flamin' Hot Cheetos. So, you know, do your thing, guys. Do the YouTube stuff. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to another one of the Bitcoin podcast interviews. Uh, today, uh, we are joined with uh, a team that has been joining us many times over the years, over our stint on the air, the radio waves. Well, it's not radio, it's a podcast waves, <laughs> right? Uh, and that is a team at Ubiquity welcome back team ubiquity i want to introduce everyone go ahead what's up man
4: let it rip oh hey um nathan i was just i was sending a video of you speaking to uh our uh vp of marketing and then it just played your voice again there so yeah you were just hearing yourself um so sorry about that um nathan Woznak, founder and ceo of ubiquity it's been a few years since i've been on the show just happy to be here um i think i like you guys pretty much bitcoin og has <laughs> been in this space for a really long time mm. and um i i think it's great that you guys have stuck around and, and kept growing your show and now it's a network which i think is cool of pod- of <laughs> bitcoin podcast i mean you guys have grown you guys uh have an awesome professional studio now it looks like and uh <laughs>
0: well, we are, we are pros. Let me tell you. Yeah. We are. <laughs> no, um, well, this is, we're joined by Nathan. Uh, he's the CEO and founder. And also, um, he said this, I didn't bottle washer <laughs> at ubiquity. Yeah. And then, which, you know, I know it takes a very delicate touch to wash bottles. Um, <laughs> and then we have Darcy, the chief revenue officer. Hello. hello. Um, are you also the chief expenses officer? All the things, a, all that the work? things. Is that the same way,
5: and, and or community just, organizer. Or are you like
0: uh, I'm only focused on the money coming in? Okay, revenue only.
5: All, <laughs> all <laughs> the things. So we we keep a good eye on it. And I'm based here in Salt Lake City, Utah. So saying hello from West West Coast. Nice,
0: and also by Wes, uh, who is the VP of Products. Welcome, Wes. Oh, thank
3: you very much. I'm I'm also located on the West Coast here in California.
4: Okay. I used to be in the West coast Remember in Vancouver, but I moved to Toronto. Yeah.
0: What's, um, what's, I mean, is the West coast of Canada, like the same as the West coast of the U S yeah. Like, same same time zone. Well, not the time zone wise, I mean like culture wise, like Silicon
4: yeah. Valley out there. Yeah. The very much sort of more hippie hipsters. We have surfing in Northern uh, vancouver which oh, is cold <laughs> uh, you know north of vancouver in some areas and british columbia it's and um yeah it's pretty much like kind of hippie culture people were in the grunge scene back in the day i guess now the grunge resurgence with gen z <laughs> we're seeing so
1: you're, you're dating yourself with that one
4: yeah,
1: 39. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking back. I mean, y'all were some of the earliest guests that we had on the show. I was looking back. So the first one that was, I guess, representing ubiquity was episode 43. And that's when we had Matt McKibben and Christian Saucier. McKibben's like, and Saucy? We yeah. We even I had like a lie. quality theme song. And we had some we we did like the buddy cop show for that one. <laughs> McKibben's and saucy,
0: yeah. <laughs> McKibben's and saucy, yeah. Um. <laughs> I wonder,
4: what I mean, you were on like scary. four
1: other times. I'm seeing here four other times. Yeah, so 60. It gets uh, episode 69, 98, 122, and 198. And now this one 367.
0: Wow. So that's a big grip. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, obviously, we have some catching up to do. So Corey's had a baby.
5: Congratulations.
0: Uh, Thanks.
5: Big congrats.
0: Marcello is now Jesse. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So that <laughs> well, that happened Uh no. Um, sorry. Jesse, oh, you take it out, man. You you never met Nathan, so you you know. Ask questions me. Yeah. So, so Nathan. What is ubiquity?
4: <laughs> it's everything. It's everywhere. It's everything. It's okay. ubiquitous. Uh we are a startup company that uh was founded in 2015. And we have been really focusing on the real estate industry. We we're, we're, were broadly focused on the real estate industry when we started blockchain and real estate. Um, for two years, no one really even cared about blockchain technology in terms of real estate space or really, I think, anyone outside of our communities. Um, and then over the years, basically aligned ourselves with the right team and uh, Wes has part of that. He's worked in the title and in, uh, insurance industry for 25 plus years. And uh, we have some other folks that have joined us. And uh, so now we're focused on the title and escrow world. So mm. not so much of a niche market, but uh yeah, we're US based, based in Delaware. And we're obviously we're a global team. I mean, our team here is the US based. I'm in Canada. but We have two team members. Uh, one is in Germany and one is in Chile. So we're oh, wow. officially global. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we focused we, we built um, you know a couple different products um, but we can go into that if you guys want to go over that later but um, we built a few products well Smart Escrow which Wes will be happy to go into that was his idea and then also a product called Blockstract So. So, yeah,
0: interesting we'd love to go into those products. Yeah. Let's go into those products. Let's save the best for last. For,
1: sure. First, though, before we, before we do that, I want to wait. Uh, before we go directly into that, I want to yes. ask like a more broad a more broad question. And that is, why do you feel this? I guess overarching area of business is amenable to blockchain right like like, i think when we started right yeah. back in the day if we go if we go back to the earliest episode mm-hmm. it was it was like we were in this kind of concept that blockchain is a panacea almost right it's like what yeah. can we put on a blockchain and we were just throwing everything at the wall and we people have continued to do this for a long time mm-hmm. um we've had this conversation in previous episodes but some people who are haven't heard those things. So like, why do you feel that this niche of business is amenable to a blockchain and in, in particular Bitcoin, if you're still solely working with Bitcoin?
4: Well, we're not, um, we were, I mean, we were when we first started, right? I mean, we had the first Remember that, I think we talked yeah. about this. I think we actually announced it on your show first in, uh, April of, uh, was it 2017, which was the first pilot in Latin America. In mm-hmm. Brazil, and that was in like the Pelotas area of Brazil, and um, we always felt like, well, you know, the land records offices there um, are, are obviously open to. There's a lot of fraud and corruption, and I think that the parallel recording system, like the blockchain, can really help with um, giving transparency and openness, and then accountability as well, uh, and then having a record of ownership that could tie back to all of that. I, I think that was probably the big highlight of why we did this, but I think, you know, Wes, would you be able to opine on, on perhaps focus maybe more on the specifics of how it could help title? You know? Uh, yeah. I mean, so interestingly enough, when I, uh, uh,
3: when I met Nathan back in it was like what, 2000, like 2017, 18, early 17, 2018. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, my, my background was the title insurance industry. So when I first learned about uh Bitcoin, which was in early 2017, when I did a deep dive into it, you know, with Satoshi's white paper and then obviously every everything that came after that with Ethereum and smart contracts and whatnot, I I immediately saw um applications to my industry um with respect to the escrow settlement portion. And then so I, I started my venture uh into looking as to who was working in you know, block the blockchain industry uh, and and applying that technology to my industry, and I came across Ubiquity and eventually met Nathan, and um, the 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 sole focus was was land records. You know, can we put land records on on a blockchain, and is that is that better than the current than our current system that we have now? And uh, so Nathan, well, while Nathan was working in in that area, um, you know, trying to gain traction, I, I think that you know after after we had talked it was, um, he'd found that, you know, yeah, we can do it. But um, is there, is there a budget that these counties have to even adopt blockchain? And then is it a viable business model to continue down that road? I mean, ultimately, and when you look at it, the, the companies that are working in this space, putting, you know, trying to put land records on a blockchain, they're doing it as uh, an unpaid, you know, pilot program pilot. for the most part. So, I mean, yeah. Nathan, Nathan can talk about all that. I mean, his you know, sure. Trial yeah, trial
4: yeah. With working with these land record, uh, these, uh, land record offices Get record office. Exactly. And I mean, we do have a connection to, you know, Darcy having her connection to the County clerk in Utah, who's really been the, the forward thinker on that. And perhaps she can go into that after I speak of the negative experiences. Um, this has been a long journey guys. Right. And I, and I think, I feel like really we're blessed that we got into this so early because it gave us time to tinker and mess around and really bring and bring the right team together um, and the right advisors. And we realized, well, counties either (laughs) don't understand blockchain technology, don't have a budget for it, or they simply don't have enough constituents like in that area to be able to facilitate this, right? They just don't have enough people to make it even worthwhile to even like, put the budget and time uh, dedicated to it, and we were able to quantify that because we did freedom of information requests on all the the counties that had been working with um, uh, our competition or indirect competition, and we discovered that none of them had made money off the counties. They were all, as Wes said, uh, uh, free pilots. So we avoided that and realized that we needed to actually build products and and probably not, not actually partner so much with the counties, but rather the e-recording vendors that actually work with them to kind of piggyback on their existing contracts rather than having to go in there to do a bid. Um, that was really a, a big headache. And so we thought, well... Uh, it's also expensive and like justifying the cost to recording into a blockchain. And even like say some of the more affordable ones like Proton, we're going to, you know, big shout out to Proton. It's one of the ones that we're supporting Marshall Hainer. He's a Bitcoin OG. You guys might know him from this in the space. I've known him since 2013 in, in the Bitcoin space. Um, and we just found like it's just too expensive. And, and it's like such a huge undertaking to do a uh, re- history of ownership of land records for any County going back how many years, 10 years, 20 years. Um, it's just expensive and probably not worth anyone's time, but Darcy, you, there is someone who is like a superhero out of Utah and she's yes. like a superhero. Like listen to her name, Miss Powers.
5: Yes. Yeah. So what's exciting is my really good friend, uh, gosh, we've been friends for about a decade, Amelia Powers. She was, she became the Utah County clerk about three years ago. Um, and so during that time, you know, Utah County is the second largest county in all of Utah. So keep in mind that they had with the elections coming up, the previous in the 2018 election with the, under the previous person, their election process was a disaster. So Amelia coming in new and then into that role, she realized she had a lot of work to do. And so she set her sights on using blockchain technology in order to solve some of these problems. So, um, she's made she's made inroads in two areas within blockchain. The first one being um she just she decided, hey, it's silly that we have this process where somebody has to walk in to get their marriage license. Like she wants to make this all online friendly to get a marriage license, right? And even even still, I've been with her getting nails done when she officiated somebody's wedding. So she can do it virtually and then it gets reported in Utah <laughs> County. And let me tell you something. The, she saved so many people's bacon during COVID. She was literally officiating weddings virtually for people living in New York City, for people in California. Israel. Yeah. Even Israel, she opened it up to the world. And so this is what's super exciting is she's by, by being creating the using the efficiencies of doing everything online and using blockchain. She could then literally officiate a wedding and send somebody a certificate within like five minutes post ceremony. Right. So it, it it dramatically changed things for Utah County, but it actually opened it up to the world. And She just said, hey, we're doing this here virtually. There's no reason why we can't do it. Outside of the state of Utah and even the world. So that's an exciting space um, that she ventured into. And then the other second area um, is even the voting space. So, so what she made available that just launched during the 2020 election was that if you were serving overseas in the military as a member of Utah County, you could vote on the blockchain uh, for the 2020 election, or if you consider yourself a person. Um, with disabilities. You could also vote on the blockchain. So what was really exciting is I was helping out uh, with Brock Pierce's presidential campaign back in October. A friend of mine and I, we were his Utah directors. And so when he came into town and I had a meeting with a whole bunch of people, elected officials here in Utah, um, what was really exciting is we went ahead and had my dear friend, Josh Daniels, who at the time was the deputy to Amelia for as the county as Utah County clerk, he went ahead and cast his vote for Brock Pierce on the blockchain. It became the first presidential vote um, to in the history of the world. And that happened for Brock Pierce out of Utah County by Josh Daniels. And we actually since then have made an e- NFT of it and um, um, check <laughs> out NFT the movie and you'll, you'll hear more about it. It's pretty fun and exciting, but these are some of the innovations and exciting things that have happened here in Utah. And right now, I'm, I'm an advisor to Ballot Tech and BallotTech is working on their solution and, we're, were, and t- we're actually setting up our partnership with Ballot Tech and Ubiquity right now as we speak to pr- move things forward. So there's a lot more innovation to come that will be made available to counties all over the United States. And is
1: that if- BallotTech.com?
5: It is Ballot Tech, yes.
1: Okay, I was waiting for I- somebody to like put voting on the
2: blockchain.
3: Well, I,
1: awesome. Coming from a security perspective, voting... Like I have a couple questions here. Voting on the blockchain is incredibly nuanced. Um, Like because I don't want to. I think more often than not, the moniker of "it's secure because it's on a blockchain" gets used, which isn't necessarily the case. And garbage
4: in, garbage out.
1: Yeah, and or like I mean, there's also a tremendous amount of other things. Uh, that are nuanced around uh not having privacy but having like forever records of of someone's decision on something something like this and the security of it it being able to be manipulated uh in the process uh, so like i'm weary and many many security researchers are very weary of doing such large scale votes on, on a blockchain. And I'm curious to see how BallotTech is doing this. Uh, and and because I, I hope, because like eventually it will be the right way to do it. But I'm not necessarily sure that the privacy and security tech is there uh, to, to do that on such a broad scale. And, and secondly, when you say voting on the blockchain, which one? We're currently in the Cambrian explosion of blockchains. Um, and not all of them have the security, scalability, censorship resistance. Um, that, like, there's, there's, they're not equally secure and private in any way, shape, or form. So, I'm curious. Like, what can you can you maybe drill down a little bit as to like which one you're using and and why that's being chosen and how that kind of works.
5: So as of right now, we have not yet done the backend development integration. The tool that was used in the 2020 election in Utah County is not the same as BallotTech. BallotTech is still in development. So just know that that was a local solution selected specifically for them. But let me tell you something. People send millions of dollars on Bitcoin and other things every day. I can tell you this can absolutely be done right, made secure. And obviously when it is, all of those things come together then our solution would be launched. So it's all to be seen. I'm not, I can't speak to what blockchain is going to be solution at the moment. And just so you, just so you're aware uh, we've, we've also considered the idea of dual recording. So using multiple blockchains simultaneously. Mm -hmm. So all all opportunities and solutions will, when it's all complete and baked out, then we're happy to open up um, to your questions on it.
1: Great, just hope to stay informed on that.
4: Look, I'll uh, I'll definitely push Bitcoin <laughs> first, just because of the decentralized nature of it. Um, I'm not a maximalist. I consider myself a, I guess a crypto middleist, <laughs> I'm trying to be rational as possible, seeing whatever use case is, is relevant for, you know, whatever product. But I, I'd love to have Bitcoin for that as a default. <laughs> you know, I don't know about Ethereum right now, just because of high transaction fees and stuff. But
1: these are pretty rough these
4: days. Sure. Yeah, I worry about scalability issues, that kind of thing.
1: I and mean, scalability, you're going to run into scalability, scalability issues across the board, especially when you're talking about something as, as massive as even the election process of a single state. Yeah, right? yeah for and sure. And if you try to f- expand that out to the country for something like presidential voting, then it becomes even 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 more serious of an issue, uh, just, yeah. just with scaling in mind. Um, and I'm not sure there's anything right now that can handle that type of load that isn't... Uh, batched in some way like uh True. like there has to be some type of batching mechanism that then like a, you know a roll up is the canonical like analogy for this type of thing where you take it all you badge it together cryptographically and then you yes. plant that into the blockchain uh-huh. but like um uh, and you can do these types of things ostensibly with taproot on bitcoin and maybe further down the line but like i'm curious to see where this stuff goes because i have no doubt that voting will eventually be done on some type of blockchain technology it's a matter of getting there and not screwing something up in the way that then like uh like slows down that progress of getting to the point where like that's how we do it
4: yeah was was the CryptoKitties issue with ethereum this is going back a few years was that Mm -hmm. a network congestion issue or was that like a scalability issue or both
1: A little bit of both. Uh, So at that time, I would say... there was like, you can only do, I think it was like 12 to 17 transactions on Ethereum and yeah. it blew up because it was basically the only thing you could do at that time, uh, with, especially with NFTs, it was a game that everybody wanted to play. Mm-hmm. And it just like, everyone was trying to do so much at once. And the amount of money that was being made within crypto Kiddies was so high that people didn't care. And it just, it just ramped up the gas fees. Similar to like a lot of what you're seeing with Dex's and airdrops and all the current stuff that's going on on right. Ethereum. It's like the current bandwidth of layer one is only so much. Much. and every time something happens everyone tries to do it and the amount of money that's being made in the process of doing it is so high that they don't care about transaction fees and it's because of that yeah. they basically elbow out every other type of thing that can be done until they're done with whatever they're doing and this is this, this goes back all the way to early icos if you look at the early icos of, of ethereum um, that same thing happened. It just happened in a smaller time scale because the ICO sold out so fast. But within that time period, those blocks in which the ICO was happening, you couldn't do anything else. And yeah. people were paying like, exorbitant gas fees. Uh, and so like those things will tend to like happen until the scaling solutions that people are working on get implemented and work and show that they work. And I'd argue the same things have happened in Bitcoin for various reasons in the past. It's like, like the... A lot of the block debate was because blocks were full, and then SegWit happened, and that gave a little it eased up a little pressure. Uh, Bitcoin Cash uh, forked off, which is a large user base of transactions that then have their own blockchain to do whatever they want, and, and so like that mitigated some pressure. It's so, like these types of things continue to happen, and I mean, even Andreas has talked about it. Like it's this like scale gracefully type of thing. Like whenever there's room, people will use it. And the the moment you give people more room, they'll find another reason to fill that room up. And so like, and, but over time you get more and more and more use cases and you get better and better and better things. Like we, there's, you know, we could do this type of video conferencing on the internet when we were using AOL.
0: Nope. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, uh, it's the thing that Andres and I've talked about on our show before is like things don't scale until they have to. Right. They, they just don't. That's just human nature. Right. We didn't know we needed, you know, stoplights until we did. It's like, oh, it's a lot better than it was because before then we were just crashing into each other and that wasn't great. Right. And then we developed, you know, stoplights and then highway systems and these huge interchanges that you see in cities, uh, but except for Louisville, because the interchanges suck here. Shout out to Louisville uh, city planners. Uh, But, uh, but, you know, things don't scale until they have to. And that's always going to be like that. Like there's, there's nothing that's ever going to change that. It's not like somebody's going to come in and say like, Oh, I've got the scaling solution to solve them all. No, you don't. What, no, you what's, don't. What's interesting
1: about this that I remember having a conversation with you, Nathan, mm-hmm. uh, on one of the episodes, or maybe it was that one of the dinners that we went to, or like we talked about how the use case that you were using for ubiquity was good because relative to the to the to the to the fees of Bitcoin at that time, the cost of doing these title transfers was so high that it didn't matter. Right. Or like it was a use case that worked for for doing something on Bitcoin that was just, that was different than just trading Bitcoin because right the, the 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 transaction fees didn't matter because everything else was so high and also like the the time for transaction finality didn't matter either because the time it takes to do title transfers was so long that yeah. an hour is like oh this is wonderful right <laughs> and so Correct. like and and back then we were trying to justify the concept of doing something else on Bitcoin, uh, because, you know, high transaction times and and high fees, but like, as this stuff scales out, it becomes one of those situations where like we start to uh, more and more use cases come on that were previously were like, well, that's stupid. You'd never do a blockchain. But as we scale out, you're like, Oh, that makes sense. Now let's do it.
4: That's right. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. And, and it's, um, I think it's interesting how things have just kind of uh, changed so much over the last few years. Um, I think definitely with a lot of the new solutions, especially with DeFi. I mean, my goodness, just I I, I know this is a weird segue. Maybe I'm just thinking all out here about like, you know, where we've been with the company. And I had no idea that we would even be considering any kind of DeFi integration. And I guess technically we would be now with Smart Escrow, right, Wes? A little bit because we're going to be tying into Proton's system and trading between different stable coins?
3: Yeah. I mean, at, at some point, I mean, I, 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 that's what I'm thinking, but um, yeah, I, we, we, you and I have had this conversations only because I, I love to think about these things, yeah. um, you know, learning about uh, tying real world assets to metaverse uh, properties and then integrating DeFi into that. I, I think all that's so, super fascinating. But when you, yeah. but when, But when we're talking about creating solutions for, Regulated industries like you know the title insurance industry—that's that's a different story. Uh, yeah, obviously, De- DeFi ha- has its regula- regulatory issues, and um, I mean, it's 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 difficult when um, difficult meaning that that when when you ha- when you're creating uh, you know decentralized financial solutions in, in a way where you're not you know where you don't have a, a centralized organization that kind of controls everything that's different. I mean, at some point you're always going to see centralization at at, at some aspects of it. Um, which is why you're saying, you know, the sec going after what Uniswap now, um, because they, they can, they can find somebody, a person, uh, you know, an individual or a centralized organization that they can go after. Is that going to take down the entire industry? Probably not. But, you know, I think their intent is to send a message Mm -hmm. uh, to the, the DeFi industry as a whole, um yeah. I, I have my own opinions about whether or not, you know, um regulators are gonna be successful in, you know, taking down a, an entire decentralized um ecosystem. But uh, but but as far as like getting back to, to what we we're doing with the title industry, yeah, the title industry is heavily regulated. Um it's state specific. Um when when you when you're dealing with real property law aspects. Um so uh what we're trying to do is create a solution. That that accommodates for the the, the existing regu- regulation um, uh, with within that industry. So, um, it, I mean, I could I could talk about what smart escrow is in, in this, and this and the problem they're trying to solve there. But um, uh, why not? We're launching it this month. Yeah. <laughs> please, <do. laughs> please. Yeah. Uh, so, so well, let me start at the beginning. Um, so, the reason why we, we came up with this concept. Uh, and, and I'll get into that with what that is in a minute um, uh, I, I been I, I, when I started looking at uh, uh, crypto and blockchain and its application to the real estate industry um, I, I, I started seeing articles about people um, purchasing real estate with cryptocurrency particularly bitcoin so you'll see you'll see an article that says somebody bought a real estate with Bitcoin but but what they failed to to it's uh, a state in the art in these articles and up until now is that nobody's buying real estate with Bitcoin. There's no there's no peer-to-peer transaction where you don't where you're not where you're excluding a title company or an escrow company. I mean, you can do that, but the what happens is it, when you buy real real property, real estate, you have to do a title search. You have to confirm ownership. You have to confirm liens and encumbrances against the property, yep. and then there has to be. Some intermediary that 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 handles the the transaction clears all those title defects. So the purchaser, when they buy the property, they get clear title to clear. I mean, it, uh, this is a you know broad um, you know overview of how it works. But they get clear title to the property that they're they're not they're not getting uh, the property subject to any existing liens or encumbrances that they have to worry about, right? They're going to get clear title to it, and if they borrowed money. purchase the property then that's going to be on their title uh, as well it's going to be on their 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 title policy that shows that this individual the buyer borrowed money to purchase the property and there aren't any senior liens liens that have priority over there currently so i mean in a nutshell that's kind of how title insurance works and that's how our system here in the u.s has worked predominantly there is no state-run guarantee well some states have a state-run guarantee system. In other words, Iowa, I think, right? Iowa. And there's yeah. a few other jurisdictions that have like a hybrid model. But in other words, t- title insurance is kind of like a necessary evil. People purchase it because it gives them protection. And if someone claims uh superior title to their property, that, that per, the, the individual, the, the, the owner mm-hmm. of the property, doesn't have to come out of pocket and, and 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 pay for the cost of defending their title or even curing title. The title company will step in and defend their title, and, and obviously um, pay for the cost of the, the defense or curing the title.
4: right. And Wes, I'll, I'll say as a side, I'll say as a side chain to this um, is side note, side chain is it's lame. We say that internally in our company, and it never gets old. <laughs> but um, it's like dad jokes is um, that. You know, we knew there are competition and there were like other even other people within our organization that used to say, hey, we're going to like uh, disintermediate and disrupt title insurance and get rid of it. We're never going to need them. We're going to have a DAO, and we're going to replace the need for lawyers. And oh, my God, it's going to be kumbaya. Um, well, I'm glad that we never really took that approach and we try to be really warm to the title industry. And we've I mean, there's a big four title insurance company and they. I won't say the first part, but they end with Republic. (laughs) You can guess who that is. Um, Mm -hmm. We four years ago, they're like, you guys are going to completely destroy our industry. Oh my God, stay away. We're going to fight you this and that. Well, then there was stuff released by the American land title association a few years ago, a lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And I, I actually blame crypto media, not you guys, but mostly crypto media for perpetuating this kind of, stereotype and and lies and misinformation about what we could do that we as an industry for the title uh, title and real estate space. And so fast forward now to a couple of years ago, 2019, which the last time I was able to actually go to a conference in person uh, in Austin, um, at the Alta one conference, American land title association, they had people speaking about blockchain technology. They had interviewed me. They had been speaking like in a very positive way and now we're Alta members. And so you know, it's just things change. And the industry is starting to um, actually adopt it and 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 test it. And now um First American, like the second large title insurance company, Underwriter, has done some stuff on the blockchain as well, which Wes could describe in great good detail with their starter exchanges. So the, the tide is shifting, the attitude's changing. And I'm really happy and honored that Ubiquity had always kind of come in and say, Hey, look, like we come in peace. We're just another vendor, we're just another prop tech company rather than we're here to seek and destroy and disintermediate and you know. Kind of an immature mindset, Mm -hmm. so So, it it, it helped us us quite a lot.
0: What What I need help with um, is understanding like this scenario right here. Like, I, I I buy a house, yeah, and I think it's dope, right? I've got the title, and I'm happy about it. I frame it, put it in my office. I'm like, this is it. This is my home, and that's the title. And then somebody knocks on my door, and they're like, Hey, are you in this house? And I'm like, yes, because it is my home. And they're like, well, it's mine. Look at my Coinbase wallet. I have the title digitally, and this is my house. And I'm like, well, fuck you. (laughs) And I close the door to my house and I go back in my home. Like, who's, how do we resolve that conversation? Because that's going to be a
3: real conversation. Yeah, yeah. So you're right. So most most laws are written uh, when when it it's called basically um, it's it's called constructive notice notice that is given to the world when you record your deed in the county in which the property is located. So most states' laws, in order for you to have a superior claim uh, ownership rights to, to title to your property to your home, you have to record your interest in the county in which the property is located. So that's pretty much across the board in every state. So there is no law, state law, that says you can give notice of your ownership rights by recording it onto a blockchain. So that would be secondary secondary notification or, or evidence, which does nothing in the court of law. So, right. so say, for example, someone gave you a deed and you just held on to it. I mean, that's leaked. You can legally do that. So if if someone hands you a deed, says, I'm giving you my, I'm giving you title to this house. You take, you accept the deed. You don't record it. You own it. You don't record it. And then they could that, that same person can then give another deed to somebody else. And then, and then they didn't know about your claim. They go and record that deed. Well, they would have superior rights over you because they recorded their interest But claim fraud or something like in New York, that's predominant. I mean, they have, they have obviously a cause of action against a seller, but, but as far as, as far as who owns the property, it's typically the one who either records first or, and give, and gives notice without any prior knowledge of the, of the other Mm. transfer. So, so so you, but, but you have to, but you have that, that's why title companies exist is because they, they understand these, uh, these laws. And, and they undertake all the due diligence to make sure that that deed gets recorded on your behalf, and then you get uh, title to the property. So any so before even blockchain existed, this is how it all worked. People mm-hmm. people had this misunderstanding that blockchain was going to solve the issue of ha- having title insurance at all. They said we're not going to need it because we're going to look at we're going to look how to how Bitcoin is created. We can see the genesis block. We can trace. Every transaction from that from the from the, the Genesis block up to now. And we can all we can go back, we can see all those transfers and we, you know, we know it's secure. Um, you know, we don't have you don't have to question it. And so they were trying to adopt that same principle in in this industry. But at the end of the day, our laws are written in a way that don't accommodate for that. So um, unless it's it changed in some way, we're still subject to the old rules and, and the old uh, way of doing business when it comes to, to to real estate. But but that's that's not. I mean, that's that's really not what Ubiquity is trying to solve with with Smart Escrow. What what Ubiquity is trying to solve with Smart Escrow is the issue of when you purchase real estate, rather than having to con. To, getting back to my what I had said before, when people talk about buying real estate with Bitcoin, what they have to do because Title insurance is kind. Title insurance and escrow are kind of this necessary evils that you have to kind of uh, under, you know, to undertake in order to get clear title to the property. Well, title companies and escrow companies won't accept cryptocurrency as a medium of exchange. You as the parties can can agree to contract for that, but title companies are going to say we're not going to accept it. Um, We're going to want you to convert that crypto into fiat dollars in order to settle this transaction in the traditional way because they have to. They have to pay existing lien holders, and most existing lien holders aren't going to want to accept crypto. Um, they have to pay taxes. Taxing authorities aren't are going to want to accept cryptocurrency. Um, Not yet. That's that's why that's why we're creating this. So so the industry is the title industry is a very it's a very slow moving ship when it comes to adopting technology. I've been in this industry for almost twenty eight years, and yeah, even now it's just like when when COVID hit. That's when they started to, to start um, adopting a lot of these new technologies, like remote online notarization. has been around for years, yeah. but but now all of a sudden they're going. Well, maybe we should consider that even e-signatures too. So I mean, we we had the e-sign Act, and and, and but everybody was still kind of apprehensive about uh, doing any of this until COVID hit, and then all of a sudden it accelerated. You know, this this whole process. But even then, it's title companies are very slow moving. And, um, and, and there's a lot of companies, tech companies that have gotten involved in the title insurance industry, trying to change it, make it more streamlined, but they're yeah. still running into difficulties because mm-hmm. of the existing laws and regulations and, and, and yeah. practices surrounding. Um, and,
4: and Wes, so, so going back to the, not to cut you off there, but you know, going back to, there's a company, I mean, it's BitPay. I know that BitPay is effectively the only one that's, a, that's doing that. that we be no of the, the largest one, but there's still off the off ramp is still a fiat. Yeah. And yeah. so our benefit smart with smart, smart escrow smart. is that you're not going to have to do that. You're not going to have to off ramp it. And in fact, maybe go into the stable coin solution and well, Hey, why they would want to use that. And perhaps even uh, good funds laws. If you want to talk about that, Mr. Ooh. Attorney for ubiquity. Right. Right. So, <laughs>
3: so, so a lot of these transactions where, where the title companies are accept where they won't accept crypto, but they will accept fiat because obviously they have to settle the transaction in, in us dollars. So there's really kind of only one solution out there. So. Um, the one solution I'm saying right now, it's been it's been around for years. is Bitpay. So Bitpay to accommodate a lot of these transactions have worked with uh, the title industry. To um, when, when a buyer wants to purchase real estate with crypto, uh, they, they don't. They don't. The buyer doesn't fund. Um, doesn't send money to escrow in the way of cryptocurrency. What they'll do is they'll con, uh, the Bitpay will act as an intermediary to convert the the crypto into to 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 us dollars and then they'll they'll transfer those funds into escrow so Mm. that's that's kind of how it works and they don't and obviously BitPay is limited in the type of crypto that they'll accept and that they'll convert it used to be just bitcoin and then they open it up to 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 eth and i think um uh, bitcoin cash i I don't even know i mean i'm maybe in doge now who knows but but my point is um that's kind of how it works in this in in this industry so if you want to if you're claiming you're going to purchase real estate with crypto, you're going to have to convert it. And that, that, that was where we saw the issue is that we felt that the title industry needed education as to how cryptocurrency worked and, um, and try to educate them on why they should accept it. Because if the parties want to contract uh, for, for, to purchase real estate using cryptocurrency, why not allow them to do that? And why not be able to settle in, uh, in a cryptocurrency for that purpose. And obviously Bitcoin wasn't going to be uh, the, the, the medium of exchange to do that because traditionally uh, the escrow companies aren't going to hold a volatile currency um, that's going to be fluctuating up and down and then have to accommodate for that. Um, so what we, what we had envisioned at Ubiquity was let's you know, let, let allow them to do it in a stable coin, which doesn't fluctuate. It converts one-to-one with the US dollar and that way
4: maybe not together um, most of the time well
3: <laughs> but, but 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 that that was kind of our, that was kind of our point you know um, yeah. and then, and then, and work with the industry to educate them on how crypto works and and, and allow the parties the transaction if they want to um, uh, to settle in cryptocurrency and 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 the title company to, mm-hmm. to allow them to disperse uh, funds in a crypt, in, in a stable coin uh, a cryptocurrency and then, uh, if the counterparties to the transaction want to accept a cryptocurrency, allow them to do that as well. So we've uh, we've built Ubiquity's built uh, uh, escrow wallets. So we, something uh, something akin to uh, I mean, if you're if you're used to using Coinbase or another t- uh, another type of exchange wallet, this is something kind of similar. So basically, the escrow company will have have their wallet. They'll um, based on each transaction there'll be a, a, a counterparty wallets that get issued. So, if, we'll have a, so if, if there's an existing lender, they'll have a wallet. Um, uh, the taxing authorities will have a wallet. The real estate agents to the transaction will have a wallet. And when escrow uh, uh, is in a position to fund the transaction, in other words, if all the conditions have been met uh, with respect to the, to the escrow to allow them to, to disperse funds, uh, they'll go ahead and disperse in a stable coin the counterparties will receive uh, their funds in a stable coin. Um, you can trace the transaction obviously via the blockchain, so it's transparent in that regard. It avoids—we um, believe it's going to uh, avoid anything like a wire fraud because we're not dealing with wire, tr- uh, you know, uh, wire transfers anymore. We're, we're doing everything
4: through these wallets. So as a, as a side chain to that one, you know, most people, when they, they buy a home, they have to wait, what, 72 hours for that to clear a wire. Mm-hmm. And if they're buying it internationally, remember we were talking with Marshall Hainer from Proton Metal Pay about that last Friday. And he was saying, like, oh, if you're buying a home inter- like internationally, say you're in Europe, you want to buy a home in Canada or US, it could be 120 days for that wire to clear. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so, you're, so you're not it's that long? long? <laughs> it's, it's, it's up to. Yeah, yeah wow. and, and,
3: you, and, you're, and you have to wait... I mean there're certain times where you can it can actually fund because you have to uh, you have to wait for uh, uh, there are uh, uh wire transfer times that you got you got to comply with, with 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 a lot of these uh, uh with the banking um uh, system so yeah. uh, this avo- I mean and this you can actually fund and disperse at any time you don't, obviously you don't have to you don't have to Wire, we don't have wire cutoff times and things of that nature you have to deal with. I mean, th- there are so many benefits to this. Yeah. Um, but obviously, there are issues in place. Like title companies are worried about what, what's called good funds. And it's, what's, what's kind of interesting is it's good funds basically in general is, to, uh, is that the laws are written to make sure that there are no clawbacks of funds. So as you know, you can you know, it, when, when someone sends money, they can always reverse the transaction uh, and, and pull the money back. Well, you can't do that in with crypto, right? Once it settles on the blockchain, it's done, you can't claw it back, theoretically. So that so the the technology actually avoids any issues when it comes to good funds. But title companies are still have to deal with that when it comes to uh, crypto, because a lot of these, a lot of the good funds laws are written based around US dollars and, and and, Mm -hmm. uh, our fiat currency, they're not based on cryptocurrency. But we're like I said, this is all involved. This all involves educating. Um, the industry as well as regulators as to why they they, they should settle in crypto rather than the dollars. But that's basically what we're creating.
2: I've got like a, like a general question um, um, for Wes. What, what has, in your opinion, contributed contributed to the largest change in opinion, or I guess um,
3: acceptance by the industries involved? As far as changing the opinions, I think uh, just, there's there's more information available now um, that there wasn't before. So, you know, in, in early 2017, I felt like I was kind of shouting from the rooftops to my industry, hey, there's this new technology. But to be honest with you, I, I found that there was very little information. So I had to dig for it to even educate myself. Yeah. And then there's a lot of uh there was a lot of um, as Nathan mentioned, a lot of um uh it press about you know by our by the crypto industry that hey this technology is going to disintermediate um, uh, title insurance and you know if there's not going to be any need for it so the industry kind of took a position as hey wait a second you know who are these people what are they talking about and you know yeah. let's find out more mm-hmm. and then you know so all they were doing is kind of trying to defend their own industry sure. uh, to, to the crypto industry who said hey we're going to disintermediate you and so. So I think now the, the the shift has changed in that. What's uh, you know what's interesting? is funny is that as we've been as as Nathan and I had been in this you know talking to title companies, and and we've been educating them on the benefits of it. The, their mindset is well. We want it kind of like back in the early days when everybody wanted a website. I, I want a .com. I don't know what it is, but I want a .com. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of how the industry here is. We want blockchain. We don't know what it is. We don't even know how it's going to apply to our industry. <laughs> but give us blockchain. Yeah. And yeah, so we blockchain. Have, yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, or
4: uh, we want to own the blockchain, and that's always my funniest one. And that comes from the top.
5: I think we've also started to see government adoption. Sorry, I'm in an Uber on the way to the airport. But we've started
4: <laughs> to, to speak at the Blockchain Real Estate Summit in Austin, Texas, representing Ubiquity. Hey. Hey, hey shout, shout out to Austin. Austin. Well, we
5: are starting to see government adoption. We have the Government Blockchain Association. We've had governments around the world adoption, yeah. right? El Salvador in June has adopted Bitcoin as their official currency on par, equal footing with the U.S. dollar. U.S. dollar started to be their currency, I think, around 2003. So,
4: Yeah, MS-13 13 loves it.
5: <laughs> since, <laughs> June, since June, in El Salvador, and I know I, I know because I'm privy to some discussions about other countries that are right now courting certain cryptos to become official or a dual currency. So Panama just did we that. We are evolution. watching it before, guys, this is happening. You can't stop it. The revolution is here.
4: Oh, God. Right. Ron Paul, 2012. <laughs> I don't uh, uh, okay, uh, I feel
2: like, I feel like, well, let me just get this out there. I feel like every industry feels like Sorry, they're going to be replaced. But realistically, there's just going to be, like, way more intermediaries. I mean, yeah, yeah. of
1: course, right? Like, the laws well, aren't going like, to change, right? They, That's we, started out, we started out with this idea that, you know, Oh, my God, this is going to take over everything. And then we're like, well, we're not there yet. Why don't we just try to make things more efficient? And also, like, these things don't happen. They're not mutually exclusive. It's not one or the other, right? And the process of making it a very inclusive technology that allows you to do so much, like, the industry you're trying to take over is going to use it, too. And they're gonna be like, oh, you know what? This actually a part of this or all of this helps me do my internal business way more efficiently. And they're gonna yep. adopt it and use it for that matter. And then then there's like different use cases for the exact same technology. And I don't wanna call it infighting or like that, they're not butting up against each other. It's just mm-hmm. it's just using a very, very general broad technology to do a bunch of different things or yep. adapting parts of it to make the like retro tech or like the 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 technology that's trying to be innovated on better and more efficient at what it does already
4: yeah, and starter exchanges and, with first american
1: of course and yeah. and so like that that's just that you see that across the board and it's not going to stop happening it's really a matter of like what you want to use this tech for and whether or not it's going to be useful for it and exactly. like where it fits in precisely like in some cases when you look at when you look at like completely private companies trying to use blockchain uh more often than not, like, you, like I say, like, look at the enterprise blockchain play for the long time on the Ethereum ecosystem. Why don't you hear about it very much? Because it's not that much better than a database for the majority of use cases, because you don't really give a shit about whether or not it's open and permissionless. And you can enter and leave the system without, no, without anyone knowing who you are. Like the whole concept of using something like that for a private, private enterprise is that they already own it all. It's when you start dealing with a bunch of different people who are, advers- who are potentially adversarial or like the concept of a blockchain and, and is worth the inefficiencies it brings to the table.
4: Yeah, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we have, we've actually had a good luck with, um, we've been so happy about the, uh, the, the title industry. So we've, we have title companies that have signed on. We, so we have Millennial Title as a new partner of ours. Um, they have presence in, what, 30 plus states. I believe um we'll be dealing with them in Midwest uh and Florida and some other regions we have Millennial Title or excuse me title, Rainier Title um which is in Washington state we have a two year exclusive with them in that state but then we also have other title companies that will will have a work share agreement through these partnerships um we have a New York title company that is looking to get on with us as well and you wouldn't believe it we've had uh two title insurance underwriters as well as two banks and we're talking uh one of the one of the well, top 20 largest banks in the U.S., I won't say which one it is, is extremely interested in what we're doing. I'll be getting letters of intent from them, as well as a um, a, a a bank that has a crypto bank that's in Wyoming. And it's just been phenomenal. And I, and I think why, why are they coming to us? It's because they have a demand from their customers to buy uh, property with crypto and they don't know what the heck to do. And so they probably Google it and see that we're probably the ones that are saying the most sane things to them in words yeah. in language that makes sense to them. Right. If you go to the smart escrow.us website, I'm giving a big shout mm-hmm. out to that. So, yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, there's going to be a growing demand for what you guys are are attempting to pull off here. Just because, I mean, just personally, I've seen one request this year of someone mm-hmm. who's like, Hey, I want to buy this house, uh, yeah. but I want to be paid in Bitcoin or yeah. sorry, sorry. I want to build this house and I want to be paid in Bitcoin. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, that is a whole, I mean, that's a very challenging transaction, believe it or not, the way everything is currently set up. So um, I have some questions though. Like what about, so you guys have been going for many, many years. Like how much do you have some, like any metrics, like any vanity metrics that we could speak to? Like how many, like a volume of transactions or ubiquity has facilitated X amount of you know, titles, like, give us some, uh, give us some numbers. We got the chief revenue officer here. What kind of public numbers can we, you know, get to everybody? Well, so it's a car. We don't know how that's going to work out. (laughs) Okay.
4: (laughs) She's in a car. Maybe, you know, that's a tough one because, you know, we've, the the, the title companies we've worked with, believe it or not, don't want us to disclose many of those numbers, but we've done thousands of transactions through, AIC Title uh, Service—that's an aviation title uh, and escrow company, the one of the largest private in the U.S. um, and they were our first customer, and and so that one, you know, was thousands and um, ran ran their system for years. Mm -hmm. And so we've done that. um, In terms of you know, with with Rainier Title, (laughs) it's been a bit delayed. There was some other things that came up, so that's been delayed. But we'll be finishing up their project this year, and we'll be starting to record titles through through them and they're a very large title company they're they're buying up all the title companies uh you know in the state of Washington and I'll have some really good metrics I'll we'll be happy to disclose them uh if Bill Schneider wants to even maybe come on the show as a follow up we can discuss that uh, he's the CEO um and discuss how th- those things are going but we've definitely done thousands of transactions um uh, I would say f- probably 5000 in in about a year uh which doesn't sound like a lot but i mean it's <laughs> It's parallel no. recording on the blockchain, right? I want I to,
1: I, I got a question. I think this is more relevant for, for listeners too, is that yeah. I got, I'm looking to buy some more land. Like I want to buy some land because I think it's, it's valuable. And yeah. how do I start the process of making sure that I use a service like yours? What do I do? Cause most probably, that's not something that I'm necessarily familiar with. So like those who yeah. want to buy a house or buy some land or real estate or whatever, how do they include you into the process so that if they have crypto assets, they can use them to do the, to do this? Uh,
4: yeah, I, um I, I would say, well Wes, I mean we have, we have a gentleman. there was a guy on Twitter. <laughs> he was I won't, I won't point him out who it was. You can look through maybe our, our, our conversations here, but uh, on Twitter like back and forth. but a guy who was a little bit confused and he's like, well, I have this you know I live in in Florida. How do I buy this property with Bitcoin? And I just forwarded them off to Millennial Title, who happens to be in Florida, and they can they can help them. So I would say maybe pass them on to some partner companies of ours, or or yeah. those who have uh, work share agreements with our partners.
3: Yeah. So so ubiquity yeah. is, isn't. I mean, we're not. Our, our target market isn't the general public that's looking to purchase uh, real estate with cryptocurrency. Our product is focused on the title insurance industry and and allowing. Giving them the ability to settle real estate transactions using cryptocurrency. So my answer, my answer would be: if you're looking, if you're, you know, uh, you know, a, a home or a, a purchaser of real estate, either land or you know, uh, a developed property, um, just go through the traditional means. I mean, fi- find your your real estate agent, and then um, uh, that'll help you purchase it. Or if you know, obviously you're doing it on your own, but it, it once. But once you get to the point where you're actually going to, um, you know, make an offer and then get the property in escrow, at that point, a title company that we that that we've been working with that has has our product and that can actually h- help facilitate uh, the crypto transaction portion of it, th- that that would be who we are, our our customers would be. So you wouldn't necessarily come to us if you're looking to purchase real estate with crypto so back
1: in infrastructure to help grease the wheels of it, making this happen Cause like i i bought my house with crypto And it was a pain in the ass to prove to the title company that this money didn't come from drugs. Like they they had, they they were, they, I went through much, much, much more due diligence to prove to them that this money came from a legitimate source than I did from anything else that I ever have ever done.
4: Which is insane. Like, if you think about it, like what was it less than one, fewer than 1% of the transactions that are done through cryptocurrency were ever even done with, for illicit means. Well,
1: it's, it's a public narrative and and they don't understand it. So they assume that like, oh, just all the money came from nowhere can you tell us where this came from it's
3: like yeah sure and then they're like i don't understand what any of those words mean can you try a little harder and this is what yeah. i'm talking about the education aspect i mean the industry really doesn't know i mean you, you can be talking i'm gonna purchase it with ETH," or i mean they don't even know what ETH is i mean half the time now i think now more more so now they're they're educating themselves on on um in, you know this industry. But they have no clue for the most part. I mean, how many, Nathan, how many title companies and people in the industry we talk to that know absolutely nothing about this industry? I mean, a lot. They're, they're clueless. I mean, we Even use now? a lot of these words. Yeah. There, 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 now, there, okay. there's, there, there are more now, but at the end of the day, I mean, they're yeah. still uneducated about a lot of this stuff.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We always use that like the mantra of I don't know what I want, but I don't want that. So, it, it, they kind of came to us. Well, we want blockchain, but we don't want that. Oh, never mind. We're, we're never mind. We're just too busy. We're doing too many transactions. Talk to you later. And now the the tables have sort of turned, and they're coming to us, which is nice, uh, makes all, all of our lives easier. So now we're, we're getting these people signing up because we're, we're actually adding an extended benefit to the industry rather than, Oh, maybe we're adding these efficiencies. you are going to maybe hurt title insurance companies or take away your jobs. They took our jobs, you know, self park. But, cool. um, I think smart. I think I know that smart escrow is just going to add to that because they won't have to go through another service again. You know, not to trash BitPay. I think BitPay is offering a, a solution in my mind, a halfway solution. But we really are, are going full force with uh, with smart escrow. You know, having a real objective of having of not having to off off ramp into fiat and keeping it within crypto, keeping it within a stable coin, and then we're building it on just the tech part of things um, on Proton because they offer four different stable coins and we got good support through them. They're one of our uh, infrastructure partners. So,
1: Proton? Can you who, who Proton yeah. what is that?
4: Uh Proton Chain and I think it's a fork of EOS, EOS.
1: I'll take a look at it. Okay.
4: Yeah, they're uh, based in San Francisco. Been around for about 5 years. I, 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 real quick, you know, it's and then, <laughs> before we run out of time, I, I promised to my team members, I give them shout outs. So shout out to Tatiana O'Brien, our VP of marketing and uh, Ignacio Landes, Duin, senior global client account manager. So
1: <laughs> yeah, we can, we can just use this time to wrap up. Like what, uh, are any questions you wish we would have asked that we didn't. And, yeah. uh, if not tell us, tell people where to find you, where to learn more and how to get, how to get involved.
4: <laughs> no, you guys asked great questions. It was awesome. Um, I, I would say that, uh, Ubiquity.io, so ubitquit dot I O. We're based in the Indian Ocean. No, we're not. Uh, I O. And uh, smart Escrow.us is actually, um, our, our main uh product that we're focused on, flagship product that we'll be launching at the end of September. And uh, demos are available now for the title, escrow, underwriters, banks, and investors. Uh, and that's uh, yeah, we're not selling securities. So <laughs> disclaimer, um, yeah. Not an offer to sell securities. So, but yeah, those people can nicely sign up. So uh, do you need to ask your trademark? Well, sorry, what was that? That's the
2: true. That's true. Trademark questions. I, I'll, I'll go around the, uh, around the, I was going to say the room, but there's really no room here, but we'll, we'll say room. <laughs> okay. um, so, so Nathan, I'm going to yeah. ask you my trademark question, which is, is
3: what you do actually difficult?
4: Is what I do difficult?
3: And what I mean is like on a
2: day-to-day basis is what you do difficult or is being in crypto, doing what you're doing, starting, you know, this company, is this, is this difficult? Like what are, what is the biggest difficulty for you in general, I guess, and in, in what you do?
4: When we first started, I think it was education and uh, just Getting our first customers, uh, having someone put the you know take the risk into putting their money into our company and 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 the promise of what we were trying to build uh, originally with unanimity and APIs and and you know the oracles, uh, I think it, it was hard raising money a couple of years ago. I think especially when COVID happened, uh, it was a really rough year last year um, when that kind of you know that turned we got a lot of investment. I think that that made it easier. So what's the biggest challenge today is um, probably just keeping up with the email demands and ensuring Mm -hmm. that our team is working in a cohesive manner. And everyone is like all hands on deck during these busy times. It's been the best year ever. So it's mostly about managing team members and ensuring everyone's doing their job. difficult task to work
1: <laughs> and uh since we've asked you a few times now nathan we can we can ask Wes this time I, i'm yeah. assuming darcy is not able to hear us if she is she can answer as well Wes, yeah. uh, in 10 words or less can you describe
4: bitcoin
3: in 10 words or less can i describe bitcoin um uh decentralized um, money essentially uh yeah that Allows anybody to access it in a, in a, in a, in a means that's transparent and twelve um, words. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I obviously <laughs> you put me on the spot. That's the point. That's the point. <laughs> I wish I would have been able to to come up with a better answer, but I, honestly, for for me, it's been. Uh, it, I mean, obviously, I don't want to take away from this, but and um, uh, take any any longer, but um, it, it's just it's it. it it, it opened my mind up to so many so many aspects of, of things that I uh, like. I, I didn't even know how money was created until I, I first learned about Bitcoin. Um, I know that's not uh, that's not your question, but um, it's it's just I've it, I've learned so much about uh, about money creation and, and I learned about Austrian economics. I learned about um, uh, this technology and and how it can really you know uh, uh, free people from uh, our current monetary system. That's had a stronghold on us for so many years, but, um, but it seemed to be getting co-opted again by, the, by uh, the current system, which troubles me. But in any event, I know that wasn't your, your answer. I had a horrible response to that. Like, No, no, the ruminations are great, Wes. <laughs> That's I, the I whole point of asking the question. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, y'all, uh, thanks for coming on the show again, and we'll not wait so long to bring it back on. Yeah.
3: Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Hi Bye, y'all.
0: Bye. Yo yo yo. So that interview when we air the full one and you get an idea is about taking. Whoa. Um, well, escrow was the product, and they're essentially very slowly and and trying to be as effective as possible, help put real estate and land on the blockchain, on Bitcoin blockchain and Ethereum blockchain. Well, they were. Uh, I think they've pivoted away from that and are trying to grease
1: the wheels of the backend infrastructure for facilitating people buying these properties with, with crypto.
0: Yeah. At the end of the day, what I think um, Vinay Gupta is on to is that um, there's got to be some sort of legal body that puts its holy blessing on a blockchain. I mean, that's, for-
1: that's what he said when you asked them the question about like, how do we solve the discrepancy between my physical deed or title that I have and someone saying they have a digital one on their phone Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like for something like that, which is entrenched in like jurisdictional bureaucracy because it's real estate, right? It's land. It doesn't move. And so whatever jurisdiction that is has some governing body that has some record, of who owns what, right? They have they have a ledger of who owns what, and there's a process of changing that ledger. That whole process is not a blockchain. It's standard old politics and bureaucracy. Right? Getting there is I don't forever away. But what can happen is that like they can like a, a given jurisdiction can at least like approve. And acknowledge the registration of these things on a blockchain as ownership, and that's probably the first step. Like at the, end of the but they have, but they, but like every jurisdiction has to approve on something for, yeah. for, for their own, because they all have their own ability to decide these. I don't, I don't know, like how much oversight the federal government has over mandating a specific technology for these types of things, or like, you know what I mean, like. How how like cross-jurisdictional rules operate for something like title, title transfers. So depending upon how differentiated that is across the different states and jurisdictions and counties or whatever means that there's a difference in people coming to the conclusion of what they think is the valid source. Mm-hmm. Now, blockchain technology clearly makes that process more efficient and cheaper. And auditable and so on and so forth, because it digitizes it and has a process of doing all those types of things, versus like where all this where all the bureaucracy that today comes from, which is people putting papers in file cabinets and showing up to the deed office, right? Mm-hmm. All of that stuff came from that old non digital stuff. Because they've been we've been we've been trading land since the dawn of human time. Mm-hmm. So it'll take a while. So I yeah. think what they're doing is just trying to grease the wheels to get people to start adopting this stuff a little faster, as well as allowing people who've made money to buy this stuff with Bitcoin or cryptocurrency in general. Do oh. you think that there's wash
2: trading in NFTs like by NFT platforms?
1: By the platform?
0: Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Did just read? What he's I, maybe. His, he's getting his read on.
1: If I had to speculate, it would be from people who work at those platforms, but not the platforms themselves, right? They, they know they go home because they have they, underha- they have some inside knowledge, and they go do something that they're aware of that no one else is really aware of. Mm-hmm. But like, is that the platform? Like, if I if I did something, here's a question. Like, say I work at Status and I and I and I then I know something's about to happen, mm-hmm. and then I go do something that's going to potentially benefit from that happening. Okay. Is that the, is that the platform doing it, or is it me doing it? Sorry, can you uh, say that again? Yeah, like I work for Status. Mm-hmm. I we I know a bunch of development. Like, say for instance, there's a there's a development that's that's going to impact some other field in the industry. Mm-hmm. And before I know we we release it, I go and like buy up a bunch of that fuel because I know it's gonna I know it's gonna profit.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Is that or like if we we do an NFT thing? Or like we we operate a a dex. I don't don't Mm -hmm. know. We don't, but like maybe we do one day. And uh, I see a specific type of activity that's amenable to wash trading. If I go home, Mm -hmm. remote work, whatever. If I stop working and then I go participate in that wash trading by myself, Mm -hmm. is that the company doing it or is it me doing it?
2: Are you an employee of the company? are you
1: working on company time? What does that mean in remote decentralized workplaces where there's no like office, like there's no company time. I don't have hours because it depends on your, on the way that you're compensated,
2: right? Some people, I guess are compensated by project completion. Some people like have work yeah. hours,
1: right. That they report. I like that, that line is being significantly blurred. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to get at is yeah. like, the wash trading I'm talking
2: about, Corey, is uh, there's this like loot collection on OpenSea, and they're just randomly generating like a list of
5: that text
2: super fast equipment. And I'm curious because they're um, the the addresses that are being traded back and forth with a lot of these randomly generated um, NFTs. I'm just wondering if they're
1: uh, there is automated, so like they've already built like. Like secondary automated markets for loot crates and stuff now. Like like within a day, they built all kinds of crap for this loot stuff super fast. Like if I have like 100 ETH, right?
2: And then like I price all these at like let's say one ETH and as I as I generate them, and then I buy them with like ETH accounts that I generate. And I keep doing that to generate trade volume. I haven't really exchanged any Ethereum. To anyone but myself,
1: fake history. But I've made some fake history of, like of artificial trade value. Sure, I, I, that may be happening. I don't that's know. What I, that's what I'm asking. I assume it's happening somewhere, but I can't point to it and say it's happening there. Like my uh-huh. my assumption is that
3: <laughs> it's a scam.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my assumption is happening. Somewhere. Jesse,
0: you are a sniper, bro. I got. You, do you snipe when you play first person shooters? Yeah, dude, I love opping in CS:GO.
2: Ah, oh, so what is great. that? What is op-ing? opping? Opping. Opp is a gun. It's a okay. it's a one hit kill to the any any part of the body. He is a, he That's was, a stupid gun. Who thinks? About I know
0: it? it's nutty though. It's hard to play with. You yeah. are a sniper, my friend. He was like, "I'm not a sniper." These NFT schemes are bullshit. Somebody's washing this shit.
5: i do not. But there's, there's been tweets, tweets about that too, people. right?
0: Like, <laughs> but wash trading exists in the in the, the normal markets too. Which is pretty way much, easier here. Yeah, pretty
1: much. It's, it, it pseudonymous without KYC for some yeah. of these open markets and they want us to trade some nfts live no he said he's he said he's
0: going to yeah oh okay we should do buy a bunch of bucks for like a pennies and see if we can trade them up that's what i'm saying you know know
1: how expensive it is to even participate go do it on a different chain it's true problem is on a different chain they're not worth it right like yeah they're not not worth any like the trade you get to go where the trade volume is unfortunately the trade volume as i understand it today is on ethereum for the most part so like spend some money to make some money you gotta, you gotta <laughs> have some capital so there's i kind of want to get julian on here he made what is it called uh, i'm gonna find it real quick you will talk i'm gonna find this thing can you imagine well, I think- if, if you bought a CryptoPunk for like
2: three million and then you can't sell it and you need the three million and you're like <laughs> yeah. you could
1: you can sell it for less
0: yeah. The floor I mean, of cryptopunks
1: yeah. is really high.
0: Okay. I think that um fine. I think the, the NFTs in other places will be worth a lot when those chains are worth a lot. For example, Avalanche NFTs are low right now. Algorand might be able to do NFTs, but they're low priced right well, now. They have right NFTs now. right now. There's a marketplace right now. It's uh, Algorand it's bumping. Yeah, so they're they're low priced There's right now. It but, is. So when the volume gets there, it is quite like legitimately. What's Red Clip, Alicia? But when the volume gets there and Avalanche's price gets, Avalanche turns into like a four digit uh, token per, then of course, of, of course, uh, we're going to see um, really expensive NFTs on Avalanche too. I want to see
2: integration with in game skins and NFTs. Like I'm just waiting. That's your sh- that's your shit, isn't it? That is my shit, dude. I want to use them. I don't want to like look at them. Like, what's the point of that? I don't understand.
1: You own We're nothing. Paying. I got you. Just, okay, thanks. Yeah, Blackpool Finance is what I'm talking about. So, like, there's like a it's a DAO dedicated to making money off NFT, uh, NFTs. I'm gonna try yeah. and get Julian on the show and talk about it. They just like you put money into the DAO. They buy NFTs and then they trade them. Okay, See, so Blackpool firmly believes in the long-term <laughs> value of scarce digital assets and understands that a high level of speculation, uh, sorry, specialization in each NFT platform is required to maximize value creation. Therefore, we will always seek to employ expertise to improve our performance in each platform. Blackpool generates cash flows and accrues value for the DAO by taking arbitrage opportunities between primary and secondary markets, loaning out assets, buying and selling assets based on news, scouting for assets that will accrue in value and buying early in game competition. So it's basically like <laughs> it's basically like a fund, you know, that uses a tr- a lot of I guess traditional finance tra-
0: strategies and data analytics
1: yeah. to yeah. participate in the NFT market.
0: The be- the beauty of DAO and like what crypto is doing is crypto is reestablishing what was Commonly known about the internet and then somehow just disappeared. And that is the beauty of anonymity, 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 right? I think that, like, in the beginning of the internet, when I was first on the internet, it was just a golden rule. It was like, yeah, don't tell anyone who you are. And if you go into chat rooms, fake it. Don't let anyone know who you are, where you are, what you're doing. And then slowly over time, people have just been like, you know what? I want to put my actual DNA on the internet. <laughs> and i i want i want that to be tied to my address and that tied to my bank account and i want to be out uh, everybody can see what can it go wrong everybody can see it nothing nothing go wrong there everybody can, everybody can see it right and so that stupid shit that facebook and my space and probably before that um zanga like these other social social um uh, why, I is, that social I would like mean, why is that us? important what do you why is that important
2: Why Why is it important? Why is privacy important? Uh, In the context that you're talking about, uh, privacy needing to be important.
0: I don't know. I guess I can only speak to why it's important to me. Like, yeah, why is it
2: important to you?
0: My like, my address where I live needs to be private. I don't need everybody needing to know where I live. I'm not a celebrity, right? And even like, like this. Like celebrities that have those tours that come around their house and stuff. And it's cool. They're getting paid for it. They don't give a shit. Like, like I don't need people needing to know where I live. What,
2: why is it a big deal if people know where you live?
0: Uh, I
1: get a tremendous amount of spam now based on the ledger breach because of the fact that there is an open there's open knowledge that I participate in a specific type of activity, yeah, and that that's a, that's usually associated with a, with a specific amount of value and a way to contact me and send me things or spam me and try and trick me into doing things. So it's not really like like privacy that's, that's, is that's the one
2: problem, aspect, right? It's it's the people are shitty people. It's always going to be the case. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, like but like it's, but it's, privacy it's, is only necessary
1: because people are shitty. Then is it what you're saying? Yeah, it's when it's when privacy or, or the lack of privacy is abused. Is when you want privacy. Like more often than not, it's the abuse of knowledge that takes place, and uh, in almost every circumstance when someone has overwhelming over overwhelming information asymmetry, it's abused, and there should be a right. It's it's like a it's a it's, it's, it's a human right to have privacy, in that. I don't have to expose myself if I don't want to. I should have the option to choose what information I give to people about myself.
0: Yeah, like I agree. I I agree. And and like privacy is just like it makes you feel safe. You know, it's It's not a feeling. (laughs) of being safe. Like when you know.
1: When you like also like it's it's it's, there's a lot of he's you both right. There's a lot to be said about you are safe how you how you operate when you know someone is watching you you're not allowed it's very it's very difficult to be yourself when you know there's a chance of repercussions for doing certain activities and you know they're being surveilled and only in the only in the like in the setting of real privacy where you have strong guarantees that who you're talking to or who who you're having a relationship with is only between the people you, you consent to, can you truly have that relationship? Otherwise, it's tainted by the fact of it being surveilled because of that threat of what is done with the information within that, within it, with that, right? If someone else doesn't mm-hmm. like what you do, they'll, they could do something. If you, if there's a threat of that, you, you're less likely to do it. You're less likely to be yourself or have a true, be, be it yourself. Like, and there's no way around that. If you know that you're you're going to be seen, you're going to act differently. If If there's nothing you can do about that, could be outed, right? If they weren't as anonymous, right? If you took away their privacy, if if scammers could be identified in a hot second, we'd have a lot less. So do you think, like, what if,
2: what if, like, this is not going to happen, right? But hypothetically, if you removed everybody's right to privacy, right, and and like everybody knew where you live, but scammers couldn't do scammer things because they'd be identified pretty quickly. Would that be like a, a well, it's better world just scamming?
1: It's just information, right? Like it's, it's, some things are just meant to be within a specific group. Like not everyone is the exact same person with every single person they know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They do things behind closed doors that not 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 that they're not proud of that they that it's it's like those activities are for those those special people and they're not to be shared otherwise and so like if you make it such that nothing is private then those types of activities go away and, and that doesn't activities. have to be illicit or bad or anything it's it's just it's just like I think that'd be a shitty that'd be a shitty world. I'm sure there's some dystopian novel written about it. Yeah are like completely it. surveilled yeah. what
2: well, like about main in my reasons opinion, it's a right
1: like, like, like i like people should have the option to disclose information about themselves yeah. to whom whom they who they want to especially on the internet where like the ability to take advantage of information on someone is significantly higher than in the real world because in the real world you're limited by physical space someone has to come come to you and do it yeah yeah
2: i'm just They're playing devil's advocate like, i just want to note yeah. that i'm playing devil's advocate because like i don't hear enough of this type of conversation in, in my circles. So like, it's just, it's nice hearing it being talked about.
0: And like, you guys, I like to air dry.
2: I I don't
0: give a shit about that. Like I have, I'm,
1: I'm I'm not that modest, right? Like, so I I don't care, whatever. Sexuality isn't that big of a deal to me. I think, I think in my opinion, financial transactions are way, way, way more private than, yeah, seeing a scrotum. For
0: me, there's gotta be a there's gotta be an upper limit on the number of people who've seen like my taint, you know, and like I can't have that be a high number. <laughs> Why not? So Why I, can't I, you I, have that? Are you not proud of it? I mean, no. I'm a who's dude. gonna take advantage? How somebody take is, advantage of
2: that information? That's a slippery slope, Corey. What he what wants privacy? You gotta get their of taint, bro. I
1: don't oh, understand. he has a right. I'm just saying. Who, who's gonna take advantage of that? There's dudes out here saying, look at my taint. <laughs> He's afraid. <laughs> <laughs> look at my taint. What oh, are you afraid of, man? My taint yeah. is
2: is, is yeah. more, less covered by hair than yours. I don't know. Yeah,
1: like- Alicia's telling me there's a few novels that that address this type of stuff. It's called Private Eyes by Brian K. Vaughn. And apparently he created Why, The Last Man in Saga. Is what is what Private Alicia's eyes,
0: telling us. i watching you. Although I'm sure there's C- a hole that Like the concept of
1: privacy, especially in the context of the internet age, is not a new thing. We we get and less of it now with the internet. Oh, for sure, 100%, yeah. No Do you think we're going to no get doubt. less of it with blockchain? Like it's going to flip? The, well, I mean, let's say let's say that blockchain in its current iteration, yeah, becomes the f- standard financial world. Yeah. You know how easy it is for me to for me to de-anonymize somebody with based on their financial transactions that I can see in a public library. Super easy. It's incredibly easy. Yeah. You know, you know how easy mm-hmm. it is for me to do that with cash? Not easy at all. It's impossible. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So like that's so then, where crypto's like, not digital cash. Well, some of it is. Monero is. It's not digital private cash. Like it.
1: So like that's why. Privacy technology like zero knowledge proofs and ring signatures and things like that are being worked on so that you can add privacy to these things so that you can do the same types of financial transactions with the same level of security and openness, but with privacy so that the people who are validating these transactions don't get to know anything about the transactions themselves, only that they follow the rules.
0: There will always and forever be a form of cash, and I want every government not listening to my show to understand that. (laughs) <laughs> there will be. Gonna it it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, who's gonna tell? Like, as soon as they make it, like, oh, you have to use this. Then people are gonna, time. people are gonna be like, yo, man, you want to start trading cereal box lids? Fuck! It. I've consulted it.
1: a bunch of government agencies and, and people who work for the government about this type of thing because I asked my opinion. I used to educate people with clearances on how this stuff works, and there was never. My, that was my job. It. And it was it was, you're not gonna be able to fight the technology. It's going to exist. Like you can't. So it's it's like it's not about getting better at what you do in terms of using the same tools to surveil people. It's about finding new methods to get at the information you want that isn't looking at these things because these things are going to go away. Your ability to look at financial transactions is going to go away based on the advent. Of applicable zero knowledge technology. Yep, governments like crypt- are gonna be- cryptography isn't going away.
0: Governments are going to be upset that they have to do good old fashioned police work again. Like, hey man, I'm a cop. Do you know that guy? No. Are you? Right, come on, man. Are you sure? No, I don't know. You have a tattoo of him on your bicep. I yeah, know dude. I don't know dude. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll come back later. Like you're gonna do old fashioned cop work again. Um, There is a topic that I wanted to discuss before wrap wrap, and that is the funny shit going on. Look, man, governments are funny. I just can't. It's a paradox at this point. Like the SEC is. I don't know if they're suing Coinbase, but they're opening a case against them, like an investigation, because Coinbase gives. 4% returns on their USDC deposits.
2: They're like, how is that not a security? And they're like, yeah. well, we told you we thought it wasn't. And you guys said it wasn't. So we're like, we're good. Right. They're like, Yeah. No.
0: So at the end of the day, I think, I think it was crypto Cobain, which is such a great, great Twitter handle. Jesus. It is Picture's like, good too. outline that like, uh, it's just funny now that the USDC offers more interests It can offer more value to the people that hold it than holding the dollar that now the SEC and and putting their money in the banks. uh, Now the SEC wants to get involved and basically slap Coinbase down and say it's a security and give them a fine and this, that, and the other. But in all actuality, Coinbase isn't doing anything different than a bank would. They take your USDC deposit. They loan it out to someone else. They make a money off of the interest of that loan, and then they pay you back. Banks do that, too. They just don't pay you any of the money back. They keep it all, right? <laughs> like, that's that's the only thing. That's Wait, the only dropped, isn't it? It's not
2: 4% anymore. It's like 0.0, 0 or 0.12% or 0.0. Not 0. 012 not Yeah, what it maybe twelve percent
0: Something like no, that. No, it changes, though. It changes its dynamic, Jesse.
2: It no, no, no. They, they dropped it, didn't they, recently? I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, like You don't think. get the true USDC, like, if you were to just, like, you know, put it on ETH. and not use If Coinbase.
1: you do it through Coinbase, it's not as good as what it would be if you just do it through the contracts yeah systems. yeah they
2: they, they they skim off the top but what i i thought i remember reading like a, a couple of months ago was the fact that they dropped it from 4% to like something stupidly like less than 1% They took
0: like right, it's point one five percent.
2: Yeah, see point one five. So where where is that whole
1: four percent or three three point eight?
2: That's because they
0: were getting pressure from other banks. like
1: it's just got a lot bigger, so the risk is lower, which means the rewards lower. I don't know. Like that's true. It's grown tremendously. I just don't yeah. see it
2: going from four percent to point one five percent. Well, the SEC is much.
0: massive, so Corey's probably right. It's probably gotten so big that the risk is so low, the returns are low. Okay, I don't know, so, but that's my the end, speculation. There, at the end of the day, though, it's just funny that like like, "Hey, the like the SEC, which you know, arguably could be there to protect our you know financial interests, the, the banks, the Fed, yeah." They're like, oh, you can't do what we do better than us. You can't you can't do what we do better than us. I mean, honestly, yeah. that's that is what it is, right? That's what it feels like. Is like it's like okay. it feels that way. So, but anyways, the, the return on USDC now is 0.15%. So that's much lower. Um uh, is it reading rainbow time? Did you guys hear <laughs> <Yeah>. that noise? <laughs> I don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> where did that noise come from? That's my that's uh, that's a wrap. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we hope that you guys enjoy this week's episode. Once again, brought to you by Lamor 4.0, the nut trimmer of the century. Uh, go to manscape.com, fill up your shopping bag with stuff men do, and then get 25% off of that shopping. I got my shirt here. Let me see my shirt. Excuse me. Men don't use shopping yeah, bags. Shirt. Men don't use shopping bags. Men use shopping carts. Fill up your shopping cart. With a bunch of man stuff, including the lawnmower 4.0. Treat your nuts like they should be treated. Buy a lawnmower, but a one that caresses your balls and doesn't chop them into bits. Uh, Corey's gonna put the shirt on.
1: I'm not putting it on. No, he's
3: I just holding it a up.
1: Large, maybe fucking large. I can't wear this thing.
3: I don't want to have to go
2: manscaped. Your, your balls, balls, balls. will thank you. Well,
1: thank you. Manscaped. Manscaped action.
0: Yeah, dude, I can't wear this thing. Look at, look at, look at this. So, quasi true yeah, story my girlfriend's son, I gave him that shirt and he had it on to go to school. No we way. Like, we were like, no, don't. <laughs> don't don't, wear that to school. <laughs> we have work to do. We can't be up at the school all damn day. So, um, that's funny. Uh, you really so, wanted to wear it? Yeah. Dang. Yeah, he did.
2: Because it, it was funny.
0: And he's. Did in he middle get school. it? Huh? Did
1: he understand it? Yeah.
0: Of course. He's, oh, he's middle in middle school. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Right. Yeah, he right. <laughs> yeah, he got it. Yeah, he got it. Yeah. All right. Um, please become a patron. Go to the Patreon. Not the... I do that every week. Go to patreon.com slash the Bitcoin podcast. Um, you can become a patron uh, for as little as $1 a month. Uh. I, I'm i going to stop saying that too. It sounds so much like for as little as $1 a month. <laughs> for a low, low price. <laughs> You could feed me yeah, Corey, way, and yeah. Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> for as little, you pay for uh, half of a coffee. Can you <laughs> guys cry one single tear real quick? So I can put for as little as $1 a month. That's, that's messed you up. You could pay for our, that is messed up. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, you become Slack. Go join the Slack. Uh, you know, you can also, you know, be, if you're a patron, you get into the patron private channel in Slack where You get instant dingable access to Jesse, Corey and myself, as well as Alicia, the producer, as well as as well as some people. (laughs) (laughs) So there's some there's some alpha leaks in there, apparently. Yeah, there's alpha leaks. So uh, me and Corey and Jesse, having been in crypto a while, we get privy to things. We hear stuff. Right. We might just share it with you and it might help your life. So, there are alpha leaks in the Patreon channel, but you got to pay to get in there. So, you know, what? sorry. <laughs> gotta right become a patron. Sorry, uh, sorry. Boom on your podcasting app. Give us five mics, five stars, five hearts, five whatevers. If you don't want to, don't. If you're like, ah, this is a three level show, I'm going to give it three mics, then do that. Then be that guy. But at least use some words to back up why you're a douche. Uh, <laughs> The, oh, you're in my mind. At least I was literally about to go on like a one-hour diatribe about how excited I am about tomorrow. The Matrix resurrection trailer comes out oh, tomorrow. Wow. They're bringing and I, it back. I, it's, this I feel like Christmas Eve, bro. I'm like inside, just like shaking. Like just I'm such a big fan. Who showed Anyways, you this? Who showed you? Uh, I think that was you. I did. And then I clicked on both pills because I'm an idiot, because that's what I do. Like, you click on a bunch of times. It's a bunch uh, of different things. How? It is? It changes yeah. every time? Yeah. Oh, and then they put your timestamp in there. So it's like, is it really? That's about it. It's about is it, it. Is it really 4.53 53 p.m.? Are you really watching this? Show? I'm like, oh my God, I love it. I'm in the matrix. <laughs> I'm in the matrix. Uh, so, anyways, uh, oh shout out to Keanu Reeves for reprising his role and being one of the coolest dudes in hollywood like he's chill pretty he him and justin timberlake would be like a perfect bro out night for me i'd like to take them to a titty bar talk about you know philosophy you know just bro out shout out to that guy <laughs> <laughs> out to that God. God. uh, out to uh walking dead God. walking dead lady oh man so this dude passed away um on sunday monday uh he was in the wire he's a great actor a great uh what's the word i'm looking for here not philanthropist that's people that do stuff give money away uh what's the word for an actor the fancy word you know what i'm talking about yeah a wow thespian thank you thespian He was he was a thespian like this guy could act his ass off and he was very insightful. He almost I think he died of an overdose. That's what they're saying uh, which you know, you know, some artists do that. Shout out to her. Shout out to Issa Rae, Issa Rae doing your thing. And Ms. Zatsi Beats, doing your thing. Oh, oh, wide face, long neck, Zoe Saldana, still out there doing your thing. And I see your new. Adidas ads in Coles, and I'm a fan. <laughs> hmm. Is that all we got. Was it? All right. That looks like that's it. Play the outro.